الجزيرة بودكاست Wesinacio Lula da Silva is back in power in Brazil. He's promised to unite the country and undo his predecessor's policies. But in a deeply divided nation, what can Lula deliver? I'm Hashim Ahlbara and you're listening to the Inside Story podcast, where we dissect, analyze and help define major global stories. Let's introduce our guests. Now in Sao Paulo, Guilherme Casaro is professor of political science at Fundação Getilio Vargas University. In Rabat, Nizar Massari, professor of international relations at Al-Akhawain University. In London, Vinicius de Cavallo, reader in Brazilian and Latin American studies at King's College London. He's also editor of the Anthem Brazilian Studies series. Welcome to the program. Guilherme, Many thought that the inauguration was going to be a moment of unity. But at the same time, we saw Lula da Silva very critical, denouncing the legacy of his predecessor, Bolsonaro. Well, I, I think that we have to uh, separate words and deeds. Um, Lula has to, to reach out to his supporters, to his core supporters, who happen to be left-leaning, progressive, So uh, I, I think that the inauguration speech makes sense in this logic of reaching out to uh, his, his own political base, his constituents. But at the same time, we see uh, that the composition of Lula's cabinet is very diverse. Uh, the Workers' Party doesn't have um, not as many ministries he used to have during, during Lula's two, uh, first two tenures in office. So I think that uh, uh, we, we will have a much more moderate administration mm -hmm. than the ones that we had in the early 2000s. So um, the, the rhetoric is left-leaning, but the deeds will be a little bit more to the center. Nizar, a stunning political comeback, isn't it? But do you think that Lula da Silva should reinvent himself this time to be able to reach out to, the, to all the Brazilians? He had to reinvent himself. He, he reintroduced himself to Brazilians as someone who is uh, making a stand for democracy. And he managed over the last few months to build a coalition with someone who ran in, the, in previous elections against him, so uh, which is uh, uh, Mr. Alkmin. So uh, uh, he managed to build a very wide coalition. Uh, he managed to get the support of very uh, important figures from uh, his former opposition, uh, the, the party called PSDB, uh, already in the first round of the elections. And in the second round, he managed even more... Uh, reached out to more supporters of other political parties. So he managed really to build this coalition, which is, in a sense, reinventing himself. But that, uh, and this is not the Lula we, we knew between 2002 and 2010. Okay. So. Vinicius, when, when, when Lula left in 2010, he had an approval rating above 80%. He was one of the most popular presidents in modern history of Brazil. But then he served 580 days in prison on corruption uh, charges. You have opponents saying that how come we are going to have to deal with someone who has to spend his time in jail, not be our president? What, do you think this is going to be a big challenge for him? It will be a big challenge, uh, no doubt about that. But it's a quite epic 
uh, I would say, trajectory of Lula uh, from, from his first election until what we have today. Uh, Lula will have so many challenges at this moment, and one of them is exactly to harmonize the country again. Uh, we should remember that he was elected with a very, very small uh, majority over Bolsonaro. That is a quite huge part of Brazilian population that don't support Lula. Some of them not even support Bolsonaro, but didn't want Lula as well as president. And all this population that Lula promised in his speech, of inauguration speech yesterday, that he will govern for the entire Brazil, not only for those who vote for him, he will need to translate that in actions now, because uh, that will be seen as, as the biggest challenge, I think, to prove that, first of all, he's not a corrupt he, he what he the, his accusations were not uh, were not justifiable uh, and he can manage the country better he can return what he has been uh, 20 years ago when he was first uh, coming to the to the presidency of brazil mm -hmm. Guilherme, the the inauguration would have been totally different the semantics absolutely different had yes, bolsonaro been there for the passing of the sash a symbolic move which always, from a Brazilian perspective, means the peaceful transition of, of power in a country that has been beset by decades and decades of dictatorship. Is this something that will overshadow the rule of uh, Lula in the future? Uh, no, no, much to the contrary. I think that uh, it, it really taints Bolsonaro's image as somebody who's not fully committed to the democratic principles of Brazil. Uh, Bolsonaro fled the country a couple of days before uh, Lula's inauguration. He had already said he wouldn't pass the sash to, to Lula, which in itself is, is the rupture with the democratic protocols. And the fact that he spent two months uh, after losing the elections without saying a word and stimulating his supporters uh, to, to, uh, to keep uh, protesting and, and camping in front of military headquarters, this in itself is uh, a terrible sign for, for Bolsonaro if he wants to run for president again back in, in, in 2026. So I, I think that Lula, uh, uh, he leaves the, the inauguration process stronger than he entered because he, well, he, 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 he received the sash from members of Brazil's civil society. So that was very symbolic, I think. And uh, Lula managed a way to get around the the absence of the, the former president. So that mm -hmm. was a good thing. You know, unfortunately, Brazil doesn't have a tradition of presidents, uh, elected presidents, passing the sesh to other elected presidents. Mm -hmm. This has only happened once in 35 years. But still, I think it was a very symbolic moment that Lula uh, could take the most of it. Niza, we're talking about Bolsonaro, who has refused to concede unequivocally. He remains a huge influence over his own supporters. Could this be enough to maintain the tension simmer simmering in Brazil? This is the big question. What will happen now with all his supporters? Uh, as one of the colleagues said previously, uh, it is very unlikely that all those who voted uh, for Bolsonaro were fervent supporters of Bolsonaro. 
but there is, he has a strong uh, uh, number of supporters who will remain in the streets and who might uh, get support from other sectors from Brazilian society. Uh, and uh, whether Bolsonaro will be their leaders or not is the big question for the mm -hmm. future. Uh, he remained silent for a couple of months. He uh, left the country. Uh, he will be out of the country for a month at least. So this will uh, very likely have an impact on his uh, stature as a leader of the opposition. Mm -hmm. uh, he didn't listen to all the political advisors who wanted him to address the people, to take uh, the lead, to present himself as the leader of the future opposition. He did none of that. And uh, uh, he surprised us in the past, of mm -hmm. course, and he managed to, uh, to become uh, a president uh, against the expectations of uh, most everyone uh, who was uh, following the, ele the, the electoral process in back in 2018 until August of 2018. But so he surprised us in the past very many times. He surprised his score in the, 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 the elections, uh, last year's elections was also very surprising. Okay. So he might surprise us in the future. But for the time being, he lost, he lost some stature and he lost some influence uh, over uh, the voters who voted for him. Vinicius, Lula said that there is no spirit of revenge. However, he made it clear that those who made mistakes would have to answer for those mistakes. Now, when you look at Bolsonaro, he faces, he's linked to five separate inqui inquiries. Is it an indication that he's likely to be prosecuted in the near future? Just a matter of time? I believe it is. Um, it, we should remember as well that yesterday during the inauguration, one sound that came from the crowds was uh, cry, uh, shouting no amnesty, no amnesty, meaning exactly that the population that support Lula as well, they want uh, some responses for, for about what happened in Brazil in these last four years. So Bolsonaro has no, no sort of immunity that he had before as, as MP in Brazil. Um, he he's now needs to respond in, in the common justice. So I believe that uh, very, very soon after the, the inauguration, that's this week already, uh, maybe Bolsonaro will start to face some sort of uh, inquiries from the justice. Uh, we should remember as well that one of the first actions of Lula in his government today was, or yesterday even, was to, to suspend all the, the secrecy that Bolsonaro established over some of his decisions, mm -hmm. uh, secrecies of 100 years. So what we will probably see is some sort of inquiry and probably some sort of prosecution uh, against Bolsonaro in the coming months or years. Let's try to unpack what happens next for Brazil. Guilherme, now, Lula made it clear that he will undo all of the legacy of Bolsonaro. Let's take step-by-step -step analysis of what happens next. When it comes to the deforestation of the Amazon, what is he, what is he likely to do here? Well, I, I think that there are two paths that Lula is very likely to follow right now. The first path is international. Lula has traveled to the COP, uh, COP27 meeting in, in Cairo, in Sharm el-Sheikh, sorry, uh, in Egypt uh, uh, two months ago. So um, that was a clear demonstration that Lula will return to Brazil's previous commitments on, on climate change and on the environment. 
commitments that Brazil and that the Bolsonaro administration has basically destroyed over the last four years. Um, and the second path is domestic. Uh, one of the things that we saw under Bolsonaro was the dismantling of pretty much every single environment uh, uh, protection agency, the, the, the regulatory agencies, the, mm -hmm. the environmental legislations. They have been uh, destroyed by Bolsonaro and Lula will probably uh, reinstate this firm legislation on the environment. Of course, it's going to make many people, many organized groups uh, very upset, mm -hmm. especially those predatory groups um, in the Amazon and organized crime and another, um, uh, other sets of groups. But uh, I, I think it's very important to demonstrate domestic commitment to the environment. And of course, it's going to bring many farmers and, and, and many people involved with the Amazon to his coalition by offering them sustainable alternatives uh, that Bolsonaro has simply disregarded. So I think mm -hmm. um, Lula has a very positive track record on environmental protection. If we look back uh, into the, the early 2000s, Lula was responsible for the, the greatest reduction in, in forest clearing in the Amazon um, over his time in office. So I think uh, mm -hmm. it's, it's challenging, but of course Lula is up to this challenge. Nizar, he was very emotional when he was talking about poverty in his country. But how can the man and the political party, the worker party, that has been tainted by corruption um, charges, he's been in power for 13 years until the impeachment of Dilma Rousseff, how can the party and the, and, and the president reach out to the people, convince them that they are genuine about the need to clamp down on poverty? Well, uh, this has been uh, uh, a very long-standing commitment of Lula. The first time he reached power back in 2002, uh, he spoke about uh, hunger. So, and this time he's speaking about uh, inequality. So I think that these are very strong messages for him as an individual, as a person who migrated from Pernambuco to Sao Paulo and who uh, went through very difficult personal times, uh, uh, and then who was a, a union leader. So all of this uh, speaks to him very in a very personal uh, way. And so this is and this is a commitment of the party that uh, uh, is very important. So I think that uh, as someone also said uh, previously here, we uh, people will believe in deeds, not uh, say what he's saying. But he so he will need to translate this uh, mm -hmm. these words into deeds. But uh, he started already doing that by negotiating this uh, transition uh, and uh, rem uh, remaining with the six hundred reals support to uh, the poorest people in the population in the Brazilian population. So. So he made that, that a priority even before he became effectively president, which shows his commitment to okay. the poorest people in the country. Vinicius, could he replicate the same achievement of 2003 when Brazil came out strong economically with an unprecedented economic growth? Well, uh, Lula is taking a Brazil in a, in a world that's not the same world that he had in 2003. So the economic crisis today that affects the entire planet, uh, it's touching very hardly in Brazil as well. So we need to take that into consideration. Lula is not returning to the Brazil that he had uh, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. So the challenges are much bigger now than it has been in the past. And even in aspects like environment, if, I, if you allow me to return to this point, mm -hmm. um, I think it's very 
important to remember uh, as well that uh, at the same time, 20 years ago, Marina Silva was the Minister of Environment and she left a few months after uh, the beginning of the government because of disagreement with what has been really acting as policies uh, towards the environment in, in that first Lula's government. So Lula will have now as well to prove that uh, his government will be not the same as it has been 20 years ago, because there was also some negative aspects uh, that uh, happened in that time in environmental terms as well. It's the period that Brazil built the Belo Monte Dam uh, that had a huge impact environmentally to the region of the Amazonia in Brazil. Mm -hmm. So I think... Uh, those aspects need to be taken into consideration. The world is not the same one, and we hope that Lula will not try to repeat the government he did 20 years ago, especially correcting uh, the, the wrongdoings or at least the mistakes that has been made uh, 20 years ago. Guilherme, the fact that there is a leftist wave now in Latin America with six of the region's seven largest countries electing leftist leaders since 2018, could this be good news for Lula? Well, I think so. I think it's a window of opportunity. Uh, let me just uh, pick up on what uh, Vinicius has just said. I think uh, that because the world is different and because Brazil is not the same as the one of 20 years ago, Brazil is no longer an emerging country as it used to be. I think that the focus of Brazil's foreign policy will be pretty much uh, on the region. So uh, Lula will have to uh, revitalize uh, regional integration mechanisms such as Mercosur and Unisur. Uh, Brazil abandoned Unisur mm -hmm. back in 2019. So I think it's it's high time for Brazil to uh, revamp these uh, regional institution, uh, uh, institution regional integration mm -hmm. institutions. And, and of course, um, one of the greatest challenges regarding South America is to overcome Venezuela's humanitarian uh, political and economic crisis. So okay. uh, in order to bring South America back again, and in order to use this uh, pink tide that has swept across South America uh, positively, Lula will have to address the Venezuelan right. crisis, and that must be his regional priority number one. And is that briefly, if you don't mind, he will have to revoke Bolsonaro, he's revoking Bolsonaro's gun laws immediately, he will have to tackle education and health, particularly when it comes to health. We know uh, what happened in the past with 700,000 pe uh, people who, uh, who lost their lives to COVID-19 and people said that was one of the biggest mistakes of the Bolsonaro government. Is it going to be an easy ride for, for Lula? It won't be easy from no point of view, from the domestic point of view, from the international point of view, from the economic point of view, uh, from, uh, from the governing point of view. It won't be an easy task, but I think that Lula is up to the challenge. He managed to build a very strong co uh, coalition. He managed to bring very very, uh, very uh, smart people to his government, uh, his Minister of Health, mm -hmm. uh, his Minister of Education, all of these individuals have a long experience experience and have shown that they know what they're speaking about. So his team is a top-notch team and he has the, 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 the wiseness and uh, the, 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 the history that and the background that will allow him to uh, uh, work uh, with uh, his vice president in order to uh, negotiate the different deals mm -hmm. that will uh, allow Brazil to go through these very hard times. And time will tell us if Lula will be able to deliver yes. on the promises that he made Vinicius, Mariano de Cavallo, Nizar Massari, Guilherme Casaroes, I really appreciate your insight. Thank you.
This episode was produced by Mohammed Al-Aishi of Sama Al-Luni, Fungin Gwyn, and Jimmy Gitahan. Sudi Sound was by Suraj Shankar. The program was edited by Alexander Otashevich, Lin Gwyn, and Jody Frias. Be sure to subscribe to the Inside Story podcast to catch every episode. Thank you for listening. Tune in on Tuesday for our next episode.